This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. After dropping game one of their two-game homestand to the Anaheim Ducks Friday night, the Flames needed a bounce-back performance against the Ottawa Senators, and that's what they got Sunday night at the Saddle Dome, downing Brady Kachuk in the Sins by a 5-1 score. Now back out on the road for the Calgary Flames as their playoff push continues into Arizona. Welcome to Sportsnet today. A Monday edition. It's Logan Gordon along with you. We're coming July from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studios here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Joined by my outstanding production team of Cam and Taylor on this Monday afternoon. Lots to get to on the program. We'll check in with Peter Labardius in just moments. Get you up to date on all things Calgary Flames. Get a little review of that two-game homestand. For the team, and uh, also take a look across the NFL. NFL free agent period opens officially on Wednesday, but the negotiation window between teams and free agents has opened up on this Monday, and there have been some major moving pieces around the league. Uh, Zig Fricasi from Sirius XM NFL Radio going to join us in the second hour to break it all down, but let's kick things off like we always do. Heading down the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline and saying hello to the color voice of the Calgary Flames, CSP Labardius. And he's brought to you every single day by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, sir? I could not be better. Could not be better. How are the, uh, the sunny confines of Arizona on this Monday afternoon, pal? I've been here for about 15 minutes, long enough to walk from my hotel to the first of three ball games today that I hope to see, with obviously the big one being tonight at 7 o'clock Phoenix time when Canada takes on the United States of America. So about 25 degrees out there, sunny, at a ballpark in a ball game. Life is good. I don't know if I've ever asked. I don't know if it's, it's a fair question or not. But where does the World Baseball Classic sort of rank for you when it comes to these major sporting events? It's not always at the top because I know Canada is not always the, the strongest contender. But how cool is it for you to get to to check this out? Well, I'll probably have a better idea at the end of the night for sure. Um, listen, I'd go across the world if it made sense to watch our Tiddlywinks team play. So, um, 
and I am, and you know, I'm not really kidding. No, I know. So I have not seen this event. Uh, it's not exactly the way I'd like to do it. I'd love to have more time, but again, I have a job. Um, so I will race back tomorrow from the city the Flames are playing in to do a game back in the studio, which seems a tad preposterous, mm. but it is the way it is. No, I, I love international sports. Um, I think it's going to be just an awesome day, even though I am, have absolutely zero expectations for Canada, but with people like Freddie Freeman in particular and other young Canadian, not that Freddie's young, I just, anybody that's now decided to play for our country when he could play for the United States and two of these in a row, that's almost worth uh, my trip down here to, to support. And I love this program. I love the sport. So didn't make it here in the previous one. So had a little small window. So had to, had to take it in. Well, I uh, hope it's a great day for you, pal. Uh, we'll, uh, oh, there's some... no doubt it will be that. <laughs> we'll set some Calgary Flames with you here and then uh, let you enjoy the rest of your, your day in Arizona. Uh, Flames pick up a big 5-1 win over the Ottawa Senators last night. A uh, tough turnaround for Ottawa given the time change, daylight savings coming in, uh, coming from Vancouver, but the Flames certainly looked like uh, the better team last night picking up that win, Lou. They were a real good team last night, something they weren't on Friday against Anaheim. And as I said on the big show this morning with George and Patrick Dumas, the weekend almost a bit of a microcosm of their season. But last night's game checked all the boxes. Jacob Markstrom continues to play his best hockey of the season. And they needed him especially early their top people were all very productive they won the special teams game handily and it was quite enjoyable and i'm sure it was more so for them than just to call the game for them to you know have a bit of comfort in a third period which is you know with all the one goal games and all the pressure and every night probably should feel like you're in game seven if it doesn't and i think that has been a contributing factor even on Friday night that that one had to make the group feel really good because it was very complete and for one night a lot of people you expect good things from delivered. One thing I wanted to ask you about was this team's resolve last night. It always it hasn't always been there this season, Lou. When things go bad, they tend to continue to go bad for this team. And two two moments in particular last night that I thought stood out for me. One, the disallowed goal uh, that happened on an offside review, which was you know pretty promptly followed up by a Senators power play, which was lifeless last night. That suddenly could have turned the game. From one nothing Calgary into one nothing Ottawa, that the Flames handled that situation very well. I also thought early in the second period, when Tim Stutzla took advantage of a, uh, a takeaway behind the net with the Flames and Jacob Markstrom uh, sort of misplaying a puck there, I thought that was an opportunity for Ottawa to get back in the game. And sure enough, just about a minute and five seconds later, the Calgary Flames responded. We haven't seen enough of that from this team this year. Well, and it can happen on the other side of the coin. And what I'm trying to get at is 
the shift following the go-ahead goal on the power play against Anaheim was not a good one. And then after, Anaheim built a little momentum, tied the game, and went on to win the game. And you're right, how they dealt with the bump-up situation and a couple of pieces of adversity, they handled it beautifully. And I thought, you know, the next shift and then the ensuing shift on the other side of a Stutzla goal and a chance to plant a seed of doubt, they just, they didn't allow it because they stayed with exactly what they had done to put themselves in a good position in the first place. And so you're right, those moments, and for me, probably the second one, even more than the first, because the game was still 0-0, you know, in the, in the first place. Although for a team that has had plenty of trouble scoring, you're right, that could have gone sideways too. But I could even tell from the first two or three shifts, the way they moved the puck, the pace of their game, um, they were a good team last night, and they're going to have to be a good team darn near every single night the rest of the way for at least me to start considering using the P word in its entirety. You mentioned a couple flames stepping up for uh, the team last night. The first two goals of the night uh, involved the same three players just in di- different sequences, all of them uh, of Swedish descent, and then later on in the game, uh, Jonathan Huberto and Nazem Kadri both equal in on the score sheet. Both of them finished the night uh, with two points. And it certainly was the case last night, Lou, of all of the Flames' best players coming up and showing up on the score sheet at the same time. Well, and that just hasn't happened anywhere near often enough. I mean, the backland line, which did just a marvelous job of checking Stutzla line last night with the help obviously, are the guys in the back end and the goalie, but they really, really threw a great blanket over them. Um, you know, Michael, Elias, Rasmus Anderson, a little Trey Kroner effect for the first two. They were all in on it. And then probably the more important part is, you know, Huberto and his lovely redirect on the cadre pass and those guys, again, combining later in the game to – truly put the game in great stead. So, you know, those two guys, especially at home, have had some terrific matchup opportunities. Last night, they were very good, and credit Dylan Dubé. I thought he added pace and physicality to that group, but there were really no passengers amongst the entire hockey team last night, and that's exactly what it's going to require in just about every game from here on in. But to get to get Huberto and Kadri going a little bit, that's that's a must. And not just on one side of the puck, but to have some offensive zone time and to see Jonathan with the puck and be creative and it was it was going off his stick into some great spots last night. So Really happy for him and and that line, and they're going to be incredibly key, whether it's tomorrow night or Thursday or in any game. Let's dive into the Huberto thing a little bit more, Lou, because uh, after he scored the goal, Alan Walsh, his agent, uh, known for being one of the quieter ones across hockey, uh, I say sarcastically, um, you know, has a tweet, uh, of course, that, you know, he mentions, he quote tweets the goal and says, yeah, that's Flames left-winger Jonathan Huberto for you, implying that this has been, you know, something that has bothered his client for 
and maybe him for, for a good portion of this year. And it's not something that, that was missed by the head coach last night. And uh, we'll start with Jonathan. He was asked post-game about, you know, getting to play on the left and how it was. And then we'll we'll switch it over to Daryl and what he had to say about Jonathan's goal and, and where it came from last night. Feel good being back on the, on the left side of things? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. I feel, uh, you know, like I said, I think uh, it was good. I mean, uh, I like it better on the left side, like I said this morning, but... You know, I think we got some chances or lines, so we got to keep keep going. Johnny came in on the right side and buried it. <laughs> Remember Joe McGinley used to play right wing? He scored most of his goals over there. So it's not necessarily what wing you play. Yes. Interesting dialogue, isn't it, Logan? It sure is. For a whole yeah. lot of reasons, Lou. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked about it a lot last night, and certainly it was a big topic of our pregame show, including um, the agent, Alan Walsh, who has certainly contributed, I think, to, to some of it. I don't think there's any question that certain picture might not have been in his client's best interest in Vegas, and I'm talking to Mark andre Fleury, but Alan is very well known and really does a great job certainly how he wants to go about his business in terms of protecting his clients and looking out for the best of them and like many things Logan um, you know things get said people get PO'd feelings get hurt and how do you move forward that's that's what it's all about to me and you know maybe more so now than ever and if you're Daryl, you've won Stanley Cups and you uh, have done many great things in the sport as a player and a coach. And if you're Jonathan Huberto, you've gone through a lot since the Florida Panthers decided to go in a different direction. And as I said to you many times, both on and off the air, I'm not sure Jonathan's going to be completely in the right place with all of it until the season is over and a break it takes time logan it just does i know that people don't want to hear that and they make a lot of money and they are paid to perform so i'm not saying that it isn't his responsibility he's got to deliver i just i just don't always think that how business operates for a sensitive guy and a guy who obviously came in doubting his value and his worth and would have to, despite the brand-new contract. What it really tells you, Logan, the moral of the story is, um, if, if it was all about the money for Jonathan and not about wanting to make an impact and be a difference maker, I'm not sure that the season would have gone this way for him. It's way more than that for him. And and yet on the other side, and you know me, I, I'm not afraid to take opinions and be strong on them. I just, sometimes people who see things very different, and it happens every day, I know it happens every day in my life, that how do you get the middle ground? So I see it, frankly, from both guys' sides. 
and Daryl wants production, and he wants more of it. And in his mind, and I get it, he has tried every which way, put Jonathan in every which situation to try and get him going. And in his mind, it hasn't worked. And in Jonathan's mind, my guess would be, although he won't say it directly, I think his agent did in part, is for a guy who probably was already feeling the weight of the world and certainly has been since early in the year, might not be the best situation. So how do you find the middle? Tony with the color voice of the Calgary Flames, Peter Lavardius, he joins us every single day to kick off the program here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. And uh, Lou, we saw some new look forward lines from the group yesterday. Uh, Walker Dewar was reinserted in the lineup. Nick Ritchie came out. Uh, how did you think Walker uh, played last night getting back into the lineup? You know, I think, I think Walker is well on his way to carving out with this organization, depending on you know, what happens when the season is over, because I think we're very much expecting the potential for change in some key areas. I think you're being silly or ignorant if you don't think that couldn't happen. Um, I hope it doesn't, but I think it could. But in the case of Walker Dewar, plays with pace, but he really added to the group in that respect. And I think he's carved his way into getting very close to being a full-time NHL player in the role that he's in and as a guy who I think is just starting to scratch the surface. He's, he's not Garnet Hathaway, but they maybe had a Garnet Hathaway type, at least with the pace and the motor. I don't think he's ever going to have the physicality but I don't think Garnet ever had his pace. So, you know, Garnet's kind of arrived at a in-your-face, good checker, reliable guy, excellent team player, chips in seven, eight, nine a year, and, and I, I don't think that's out of the realm for Walker at all. And this team needs more pace. Yeah, and he's certainly one of those guys that uh, that can provide that. I thought he played just over eight and a half minutes last night, but I thought uh, a good eight and a half minutes back into the lineup for Walker Dewar last night. And uh, Lou would have to uh, you know make sure to mention this guy on the hit today. I thought he was great again last night. Should have been a shutout, all things considered, but these things happen. Uh, another strong outing from Jacob Markstrom for the Flames. What can you say? He is just absolutely when his team has needed him the most taken the reins and said, fellas, I got you. Jump on my back. I'm going to give you every opportunity every single night to win games. And I couldn't be happier for him. I just had a lot of faith. No, it hasn't been an easy year for him in any way, shape, or form. Nobody's hard on himself, but he is in some groove right now, and all you can do is is hope it continues because I'm not moving them out of the net anytime soon. And if I was, though, it, it's going to have to certainly be in the right situation. 
yeah, he's been a, a huge bright spot for this team and uh, pretty safe to say we know what will happen uh, tomorrow when the uh, Flames are back in action against the Arizona Coyotes. Lou, that's what we'll talk to you next. Have a great day in Arizona, pal. We'll check in with you on a Flames game day tomorrow, hey? Thank you. Go Great Britain, go. Okay. See you, Bye, Lou. everybody. <laughs> talk to you later. Pete Labardius, uh in Arizona enjoying uh, the World Baseball Classic there. Uh, where else would you find Lou except cheering on uh, Canada and enjoying some baseball on this great spring day. Uh, he joins us every single day to kick off the program. He's brought to you by our friends at the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. They're now offering air miles, reward miles. You can visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. More Flames conversation next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Pinto loses it, Defoley finds it, and feeds Kadri. Kadri saucers it in front, and scores! Nazem Kadri simply put the puck on net, and it appeared to bounce off the back of Jonathan Huberto and in, and the Flames get that goal right back and take a 3-1 lead. Big 5-1 win for the Calgary Flames last night against the Ottawa Senators. I don't know if these are must-win games, but they're certainly in the can't-lose category for the Calgary Flames right now. And after a dismal effort against the Anaheim Ducks on Friday, the Flames needed to find a way to pick up two points. They did so against a pretty tired-looking Ottawa team, but two points is two points. Unfortunately, the out-of-town scoreboard doesn't do them a lot of help last night. Uh, this is Sportsnet Today's Logan Gordon along with you. Taylor and Cam, outstanding production team. Remember the fan feedback line, always open to you here on Sportsnet Today, 960-960. Your thoughts and comments, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, we'll bring it on to the text line a little bit later on uh, in the segment. But yes, last night for the Calgary Flames, you're worried about business with the Ottawa Senators, of course, but you keep an eye on the out-of-town scoreboard where the Winnipeg Jets were in Tampa Bay taking on the Lightning, hopeful that the Tampa Bay Lightning could do you a favor and pick up a regulation win against the Jets. That was not the case last night. And now it's moved ahead for Barron. Now in front, and a shot going toward the net. A rebound, they score! Morgan Barron charging the net was Brendan Dillon. Took the pass on that dump in from Appleton. And Morgan Barron ends up getting the rebound off of that. And Brendan Dillon deposits it past Vasilevsky. And it's 3-1 Winnipeg. Jets win 3-2 in regulation over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Huge, huge victories for Winnipeg. They walk into Florida. They beat the Panthers. They beat the Lightning. And they maintain their gap over the Calgary Flames. Widen it a bit. Calgary now technically chasing Colorado for the second and final wildcard spot in the West. Nashville ahead of Calgary when it comes to points percentage with those three games in hand. So Calgary threw 67 games, 73 points. Nashville tied with them with those 73 points, but I said like three games in hand. The two teams, if you will, uh, closest for Calgary to catch, Colorado. They also have three games in hand 
and sit five points up on Calgary, Winnipeg, six up with the exact amount of games played. So last night, look, good effort from the Calgary Flames, a good bounce back for the team, but it just takes you back to Friday so quickly for this group. And could you, you know, look, Winnipeg handled their business, and that's always important in this, but if you're the Calgary Flames, you sure do lament letting two points get away from you on that game Friday. And it's the reason why so many people are having a hard time jumping on the bandwagon and jumping onto the belief side of things, because as good as they can look last night against the Ottawa senators, there's always that reminder of what could happen against the lesser team. And look, the, the same questions will be asked and the same questions will be worried about heading into tomorrow's game against the Arizona Coyotes. You cannot continue to play down to your opponents, but as Pat Steinberg, uh, host of Flames Talk, the man here on Sportsnet 960 would say, you know, teams in the middle are in the middle because they're inconsistent. You're either at the top because you're consistently good or at the bottom because you're consistently bad. You're where you are if you're the Calgary Flames because you're not one or the other. You're not consistently good. You're not consistently bad. You're just stuck somewhere in the middle. The math isn't great with the games remaining to try to catch one of those teams, but you know, still we'll sit here until the moment that they're mathematically eliminated and follow along with this team and see if there's a chance that Winnipeg slips up, that perhaps Colorado slips up, and we'll see. But again, as as happy as I was with last night, and you know, some of those good things came through for this team, Huberto being one of them that we'll talk about in just a moment. Markstrom's continued strong play. All of that is, is incredibly important, but as you look at this remaining schedule for the Calgary Flames and you say, Okay, you've got another one against Anaheim. You, you see Arizona on Tuesday. Vancouver is mixed in there. San Jose is mixed in there. You can't have any of those slip-ups. Those all have to be wins for the Calgary Flames. And as of right now, are you listening to this 100% convinced that they're going to pick up all the two points in those games that they need to? Maybe not. But last night also brought us something that we've been talking about a lot here over the, over the weekend and now into today, and that's Jonathan Huberto back on the left wing. Alan Walsh is becoming a must-follow for Flames fans, the agent of Jonathan Huberto. Never shy to, uh, to share his opinion on how things are going. We know that from earlier on in the year. But after Jonathan Huberto scored that goal that I played coming into this segment... Alan Walsh made sure to remind everybody where his client was playing last night, and that was on the left wing. Jonathan talked post-game. We'll hear from him in just a couple moments. Yeah, it's it's nice to be back on the left side. I feel more comfortable there. I feel like that's a good spot for me to succeed going forward. All those sort of things, but there's always just a, a little bit extra when it comes to this team that prevents you from buying in 100%, and that, uh, that came in the form uh, of head coach Daryl Sutter last night, and we'll hear it in its entirety and pick it up on the other side. Here is head coach Daryl Sutter following his team's win against the Anaheim, excuse me, against the Ottawa Senators 
Sunday night of the saddle, though. Thoughts on this one, Daryl? Pardon? Your thoughts on this effort? Thought we were stuck in, hung in there after the offside goal. But I thought we were, we had good pace to our game all night. And I think, uh, you know, when they did score, we came right back. I think it was the Huberdo goal, wasn't it, to made it to 3 1. And that's, that's a big play in the game, right? Those are two spots where maybe with a fragile team, things could have gone the other way. Yeah, I don't think it's a fragile team. Well, fragile situation. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> How close it, was this effort to a 60 minute effort in your Well, when, you know, when Eric's asked about that, so that third goal is a, is a big goal, correct? Always is. And then, and then, uh, our power play is really good. Our penalty kill is really good. So, so that allows you to, you know, they get Ottawa's got two high ammo lines, and you know they get 18 gets the, you know, the lucky break on the on the empty net. So like, you know, you, so you got to come right back. And I think Marky made Marky made some big saves too. Daryl, you talked this morning about your record with Johnny came in on the right side and buried it. <laughs> Remember Joe McGinley used to play right wing? He scored most of his goals over there. So it's not necessarily what wing you play. Daryl, to Eric's point, he said like a fragile team, but if a team, things are going wrong, that 2-1 goal can spin away, but instead a minute later... I haven't seen that with that. I haven't seen that with our team. No, Once in a while with the inexperience, you'll see that or, or a mistake because you're not quite at the level of the other team. But I don't, that's not the word that, that's what our team is. In a 5-1 game, there's not normally much focus on the goaltending, but you mentioned Jacob Markstrom. Just yeah, how he made the one huge save when it was, they could have got back within one. So, and then the, the uh, as I said, the 18 goal, you know, it could be easily deterred, right? It really seems like he's found his confidence or maybe just another level recently. Is that? Is That's that his game, though, right? That's kind of what's expected of Jacob. That's what we've expected all year, correct? There's some nice execution offensively. Can this game be maybe a bit of a catalyst to kind of get some of those guys going? I hope so. Did you see what you wanted to see from uh, Huberdeau and Kadri tonight? Yep, I thought they were consistent in their game, so that's important. I mean, you get, you know, we get at home. You get the matchup you want, right? So, you know, Michael had to deal with the 18 line all night, so that frees other guys up. Nice routine to not have to deal with a one lead heading into the third, Daryl, and have some separation down the end there. I think it's just good to see different different line score and defensemen get involved in it. That's what's important, I think. There you go. Flames head coach Daryl Sutter speaking to the media last night. And, you know, good things for the Calgary Flames, sure. But no one focuses on that post-game when, you know, the comment about Jonathan coming in, where Jerome used to score all of his goals, just sort of continues to plant that seed of, I don't want to say discourse, but certainly disagreement 
between coach and player as to where he's best suited. And it's frustrating to hear for a lot of people because, yeah, you would like to have had last night just been about Jonathan playing well on the left side, and perhaps this is a jump start forward for him. He certainly sounded like a guy that was happy to have hit the score sheet a couple times last night. He certainly talked since you know the line changes happened that the left side is where he is most comfortable at for a number of reasons. And to just, just to hear that call, I think it's frustrating for a lot of Flames fans because it continues to tell you that your next, as of next year, the highest paid forward on this team, the highest paid forward ever on this team, as of right now, clearly isn't on the same page as the head coaches. And can either one of them get where this team needs to go if they're not on the same page? I don't know. I don't know if it's a staring contest and one guy's waiting for the other to give in, in a sense. I, I really don't know, but it's telling you that we're getting closer to game 70 of the season. And those two guys clearly don't see things eye to eye when it comes to where someone is, is best suited for this team. Now, maybe Jonathan's play on the left side can go and be the biggest factor in all of this and, and prove his head coach wrong, but his head coach clearly doesn't think it makes any difference. And it was one of those comments that immediately had a bunch of us in the Ed Whalen Media Lounge last night looking at each other because it's a pretty clear indicator that both sides don't see things the same way. Some of the texts at 960-960 before we hear uh, from Jonathan Huberto uh, post-game last night. Uh, this text comes in says, Man, Japani stats from last night. Uh, what about no passengers? Uh, yeah, the stat line's not as strong for Manj last night, but I actually thought his line was pretty good. Uh, two penalty minutes for Manj last night, three shots on goal, two takeaways, 19-25 of ice time. I think clearly the coach thought he was going pretty well to give him that much ice time. I believe that's second on the team to Michael Backlund. The, the Manj conversation's a tough one because... The expectation is that he's Andrew Mangiapane of last year. And that might have been career year Andrew Mangiapane. Do I think that he can be better than he's been this year? Sure I do. But do I think he's 35 goal every single year Andrew Mangiapane? No, I also don't think that. Uh, this one says uh, it's not must win. It uh, It is... It doesn't matter time. Uh, go get that number 15 pick. It's probably too soon to release for me to be in that, that frame of mind. Uh, this text says, Logan, let's be serious. The Flames need to win 11 of their last 15 games where they are not going to the playoffs. There's no room for error anymore. They need to win. That's just a statement of fact. Fair enough. Uh, Tim says, hey, Logan, I remind you, how many times did Arizona beat Colorado last year? Every team in the NHL are professionals and can beat anyone anytime. I sure I and Tim, I, I certainly appreciate that. And I, I believe that in pro sport as much as as any in the NHL, the, the parity across the league from the best team to the worst team, I, I think there's a considerable gap, but I do think you're right that any team can certainly 
beat any team any night in the NHL, but I think it, it becomes... Let's look at that Colorado, and I don't have the stats in front of me exactly on that Colorado example that you use, but I can pretty much guarantee you, given their record, that Arizona was one of, if not the only non-playoff team that gave the Avalanche problems last year. For the Flames, it's been more of a, if you're a non-playoff team, it doesn't matter if you're Arizona, Anaheim, San Jose, Chicago, whoever it is, you want to use the examples from earlier on the year. It just seemed like that was the team's period that gave this team the most frustration. So while your your example is 100% right, and I still think that that's a, a good mindset for any team in the NHL to rem- remind themselves of if you can't take anybody lightly, I think that Colorado team specifically had trouble with Arizona for whatever reason, but as a whole, that team didn't have problem with playoff teams. Uh, Robin Warman texting in saying, trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is a definition of insanity. I'm ready for something different. It's worth a shot. This text says 10 and a half mil. He can only play on one side of the ice. I don't, I don't think it's as simple as that. I think Jonathan Huberto can absolutely play on the right side of the ice. But if he is more comfortable and more productive on the left side of the ice, why isn't he there? And if that was, I said this the other day, if that was the big change that we've waited for in, in Jonathan's game to see him explode more offensively, why was that not explored early on in the season? Because it clearly sounds, and who knows, maybe I'm, maybe I'm incorrect on this, but it certainly sounds when you hear Alan Walsh tweeting out things like that, that this has been a main problem from the Huberto side of things for a while now. So I don't think it's a case of he can only play the left side, but if he's clearly better on one side than the other, then of course you play him there. And of course it it begs you to wonder why it took so long for that to be a thing. Was it stubbornness on the hand of the coach? Maybe. But if you're trying to force things to happen and it's just not happening, okay, well, we're at the 70 game. What was the 70 game mark? It's a, if that's as simple as a change you can make and it's going to have a difference, then let's, let's go. Let's try it. Uh, this one says, fellas, honestly, I'm sick and tired of hearing about Huberto and Sutter. This is Huberto's problem. Sutter's his boss. He needs to get on Sutter's page and not the other way around. That one from Kyle. I think it's both of their problems, to be honest. I think both of them need to realize they need to be on the same page. Because to, to that point, Kyle, I, I think the problem is, is yes, in, in pro sports, the coach is the boss, and he gets the final say on the lineup card, and he gets to tell you what lines you're going out there with. If you're Jonathan Huberto, and I'm not saying that he's approaching it like this. I'm not saying that any NHL is approaching it like this. The team just gave you the longest contract and the most valuable contract in franchise history. Who are they really putting their chips all in on at the end of the day? How many coaches get eight-year contracts? How many coaches last eight years? 
So I think for both of their sakes, both of their longevity, thing, I don't think it's a Sutter or a Huberto problem per se. I think it's a, like, we got to be on the same page here. Help each other out. Because I hear that last night and I go, you guys still aren't on the same page. Clearly. You, you both feel different about it. And that's just, <laughs> that can't happen. The head coach and the best player or who you hope is going to be your best player for the next X amount of years going forward can't be having pissing matches in the media with comments here and tweets from the agent. You just, you can't do that. You'll wind up screwing both of yourselves down the road instead of getting where you want to go. Uh, Matt, Matt, uh, sorry, we'll get to Matt Gagher in a second here. Uh, this thing says, it's why Trey has to go. Uh, who signs Mange to that kind of money for one good season? I, I mean, I didn't have a problem with it. Again, it's, you know, signing guys to career year after career years is a tough, tough spot. Uh, could, could you have lost? Would you have been okay losing Andrew Mangiapane after the year that he had? I don't know. I also think it's one year. And to judge the entirety of the contract and the dollars that he's been handed out based on one year, yeah, this year hasn't worked out. But maybe maybe next year it does. Maybe the last two years of the deal are really good. Uh, the uh, Matt Cochran says ten and a half million. You continue to pair Milan Lucic in the top six. <laughs> yeah, the Lucic one's an interesting conversation right now. Um, this text says uh, logo lines are all about chemistry. Put three people who know their role and skill sets together. You'll have magic. Forcing guys into positions is a bad idea. I'm not very often, but on this, I am on Sutter's side. Well, let's hear the other side. We heard from Daryl Sutter. Let's hear from Jonathan Huberto. Uh, his thoughts post-game, back on the left side, he gets a goal and an assist in the Flames' big 5-1 win over the Ottawa Senators. So what you make of this one? <clears throat> I mean, a big win for us. I think we needed to bounce back at home and before we go on the road and, uh, you know, you two points. Feel I'd good being back on the, on the left side of things? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. I feel, uh, you know, like I said, I think, yeah. Uh, it was good. I mean, uh, I like it better on the left side, like I said this morning. But you know, I think we got some chances our line, so we got to keep keep going. What did you see on the goal? Uh, I mean, kind of, you know, natural to pass it to me, and it kind of hit I think the stick or something. I don't, I don't know. And I just tried to just deflect it a little bit, and kind of got lucky w- w- with that, and you know, finally went in. So. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty sick, right? <laughs> uh, Might have looked sick, but it was. It wasn't. I mean, I, I just tried to deflected, you know, it was quick, so kind of, but I'm glad it looked good, so it's good. Well, I guess, what can you say about, I guess, the timing of the goal? Because, you know, you, get, you give up that first goal, and you guys seem to have all the momentum, and then you score right away and seem to get it right back. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of felt bad for backs. I mean, that's a, just a tough bounce. You know, he's been, he was, he's been really playing well, and, you know, he, was, he's, he played well tonight again, and kind of have a bad bounce, and, you know, that's what a team does, you know, get the, He's at each other's back, and you know that's kind of we had to do it. And I think that's a, you know that's a big goal. After that, that goal maybe changed the momentum. They might come back, so that that was huge. John, I'm sorry if you answered this. I'm a little late arriving, but Daryl talked this morning about your guys' record when you and Nas hit the score sheet. I'm just wondering how much you guys put on yourselves to kind of lead the way offensively. 
yeah, I mean, this year obviously hasn't been hasn't been great. So um, I think we just we gotta grind it out till the end. I think there's not a lot of games left, so try to get on the score sheet. You know that. I mean, you know, we're supposed to produce. So I think that that's going to help the teams if we do. And I don't know the record, but if we get on the scoring sheet and, you know, we can get some wins till the end of the year, I think it's, uh, you know, a big push for us. How close was this game to being a complete 60-minute effort, in your opinion? Yeah, I think that was a, you know, a complete game, you know. I think Marquis was unbelievable in that, and that's huge. That gives us a lot of confidence up front, and I think we play well. I mean, like I said, like bad bounce two one, and after we kept grinding, and you know, got some more goals, and after we, you know, I think I just think we didn't sit back that we usually do, and I think the third period that's that's what we're gonna take from that game. What uh, what strikes you the most about what you've seen from Markstrom in the last five or six? Kind of this this real good run he's been on. Yeah, it's it's, it's great to see. I think you know. Struggling early in the season, but he's he's strong mentally, and you can you can see it. And you know, I think a lot of games too this year. I feel like he, he was there. We just couldn't pull the win for him. So it's just great to see that you know we can get some wins for him and for his confidence. Nice pass with Michael Backlund. It seems like he's stepped up so many games this year in big moments. Just you know, as a teammate, as a guy who watches him play, what have you seen from him? Yeah, as a character guy, I mean, you know, he's he's a great leader in the room on the ice. He always does, you know, the little things right, and, and that's what you know great about him. I think he, you know, plays really well defensively. Great PK player, and offensively, you know, he's got some great touch. And that pass tonight was unbelievable. That's Jonathan Huberto post game following the Flames' win against the Senators last night. He was on a line with Nazem Kadri and Dylan Dubé chipped in with a goal and an assist in the win. A couple more texts at nine six zero nine six zero before we get out of here on hour one. Uh, Mike, very harsh Mike, uh, taking a, a big shot at me here. Typical Sportsnet broadcasters coach, questioning a coach who's won a Stanley Cup or two, how to coach his players. Click. That's the sound of me turning on. First of all, I didn't know the radio still made that click noise, so you must be listening on a very old-style radio. Um, second of all, yeah, a coach's decisions are up to be questioned. I'm not saying that I'm a better coach than Daryl Sutter is. I think that it's fair and well within his job description to be questioned about his decisions at times. I don't think any coach is, is perfect. I also don't think that it's um, a, a narrative that Sportsnet broadcasters do that more than than any other broadcaster uh, does of the team. I I think that there have been times where I've defended Daryl, and I think Daryl's made some, some good choices. I think the and it's not even really questioning him. I think it's pretty fair to say that it, he needs to be on the same page as his top player, or at least work towards that, which I'm sure they are. I, I don't think that's a like. Am I am I wrong, Cam? Is that a a boisterous thing to say? Am I am I hot taking everybody here by saying that the head coach and the best player would be better served to be on the same page? Like, is that? I don't think that's too hot of a take. Am I Stephen A. Smithing everyone here, Taylor? Like, <laughs> I'm. I wouldn't have LeBron James in the top ten NBA players. Of, like, it's not that. Is that is that really that hot of a thing that I'm really questioning the coach? You should probably be on the same page as your as your best player. I'm that sorry. That is absurd, Logan. Those are absurd takes. Like, Why would you want your best yeah. player and coach yeah. on the same yeah, page? That's insane. I can't believe I you. Know. It's a sports thing, clearly. It's like my boss telling me to get along with my coworkers. Yeah, obviously. Should probably try. <laughs> I don't. But I'll try. 
Just kidding. I love my coworkers. <laughs> Some of them. A uh, couple more texts before we get out of here. Uh, Matt Cocker says, how dare you not paint a pretty picture with unicorns and rainbows? Like, yeah, it have been pretty fair. It was a great win last night for the team, but things aren't 100% right now set with this team. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, this one says, I think with Daryl and Jonathan Huberto, Daryl's at the end of, its, of his coaching. Huberto's had his big payday. Both are set. They can agree their butt heads or get on the same page or do something for the team in the city. But personally, I think they both feel secure and set in their own positions. This deck says, Logan, the more wins the Flames get down the stretch, just screws up their draft pick. They'll miss the playoffs and probably finish 17th overall. A number of losses put the Flames in the Bedard lottery. Their odds won't be high, but higher than their playoff chances. The the tank and go for it thing is so hard because that was never on the table for this team. As much as you can sit here now and understand that they're they're probably not going to the playoffs, I think it's too hard of a pivot post trade deadline to just say we're getting all in on the on the Connor Bedard thing when Columbus and Chicago and all of these teams have have been there since day one. Do I I understand that you would like the better chance of of potentially getting it there? Sure, but. If you want to turn that on its head, you know, sit there and go, hey, this is potentially one of the deeper drafts that we've talked about in the NHL in the last decade or so. Maybe this is the one year you're okay being in the spot that you're at because it is deep enough that you'll get a good player where you're going to draft. Maybe. I, 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 I have no idea how the draft winds out. I have no idea who the Flames like or who they think they're going to pick at that spot, but maybe that's one way to look at it. Uh, this one says, according to Money Puck, Flames have a 28.4% chance of making the playoffs. Jets are at 85.6. Avs at 89.2. Last night's win is essentially irrelevant, and the more of the out-of-town scoreboard updates, the Flames' chances will only plummet further. It is out of their control. And, yeah, I've, I think that's why you've heard a lot of the, and we'll continue to hear a lot of the, we, we can't control what anybody else does. We have to focus on picking up wins ourselves. And if the out-of-town scoreboard does suddenly change and start to favor the Flames on a couple of more nights, then maybe we're having a different conversation. But the fact of the matter is we can't have that conversation if the Flames don't pick up the wins down the stretch that they need to. The out-of-town scoreboard, as I said, it's out of your hands right now. Focus on your business. Focus on getting two points. You've won three out of four. You should have won Friday. You should have won four out of four. I get it. But your goaltender's playing well. You had a good night Sunday where some of your key players came to play for this group. And you can only hope that that continues Tuesday night when they take on the Arizona Coyotes. It's the first of a two-game road trip. The schedule gets really weird here at the end of the March. Two games, they're in Arizona, they're in Vegas this week for Tuesday, Thursday. They're back home Saturday against Dallas, and then gone to California on Monday, Tuesday next week for L.A. and Anaheim, and then back for three at the Scotiabank Saddledome, out on the road on the 31st to end the month off. So uh, a lot of back and forth between the Dome and the road for the Calgary Flames over the next couple of weeks, but you can keep all your Flames coverage right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We're going to get out of here. Our two is coming up next. NFL's negotiation window is open ahead of free agency beginning on Wednesday. We've had some massive changes across the NFL 
uh, since the window opened. We'll uh, dive into all of them next with Sirius XM, NFL Radio, Zig Fercasi. That's coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.